Hello there, Sam. Do you know what we are? What are we, babe? We're podcast destroyers. Oh my gosh, we are such the despunking podcast destroyers. Well, We're it's gonna funny. take your podcast and despunk your podcast. I don't know. Oh. I give up. Oh, welcome everybody. Okay. Welcome everyone. Welcome Good to job, a fairly yeah. queer podcast. Welcome back. Yes, um, it's another exciting um, tour version. I am currently in Bournemouth, which is in this on the southern coast of England, and um, I have yet to go outside. It's evening over here, but I'm going to have myself a nice cup of tea, have this conversation <laughs> with Sam, and um, may, then maybe have a, a witchy go out and look at the sea and have all those feels. But before before we start this podcast, I need yeah. to issue a. Uh, apology to our listeners oh last episode i sounded like i was recording from the inside of a cave and i apologize because it is probably very hard to listen to but i assure you it won't happen again so there you go sam thank you for the apologies and you know i think for this i'd like to think of a first season as an experimental season so, and I'm touring. It's like season and, one of Drag Race. Yeah, yeah. But we do have that beautiful filter, which is our soul. It's our lovely, magical self. I just want this podcast to be pleasing to your ear holes. You know? Yes, yes. And I think, for the most part, everyone agrees that it's a rather pleasing time. So thank you for the apology, Sam. And we'll do our best with whatever circumstances we've got, right? You sound great, though. So there you go. Thank you. So Jeremy, Sam, what do you want to talk about today? So we were we were kind of thinking this is very on the on the fly because I wasn't sure whether I wanted to do anything except uh, stare at the ceiling tonight. But um, when Sam mentioned it, he was jealous of my friendship with Justin, and I was like, oh, that's very touching. But it's not always the this the dynamic of like when you have long relationships how things kind of go up and down and around and you wonder so long story short this episode is on uh, friendships and other queer interpersonals meaning just like the one-on-one element we can tie up all sorts of cool things here but we can start with queer friendships yeah i do actually want to clarify real quick about what i was talking about before we um started the episode in terms of like yes. me being jealous with your friendship with justin yeah. it's not because he's alaska I no that's great me that. not a star fucker here but i will say this there's uh it's quite hard sometimes to creatively collaborate with a friend Uh, you know it's very hard it's very hard to collaborate with people that you're really close with creatively it's hard to mix that relationship so it's really cool and I think fairly rare that you have this friend that you can collaborate with creatively uh, that you can tour with and more than anything just like you know you're so close that it's like yeah let's just like always be around each other traveling you know I feel like if I did that with a friend they'd get sick of me like within the first couple of days so, there you oh, go. Oh, 
Well, Sam, I, I want to also like uh, kind of respond and this this part um, this part of the conversation we could we can kind of go between that that um, I've been friends with Justin for a long time and you know we've known each other since May so we've now got six months but sixteen years I think it is now Justin oh, was, yeah in September. Who I, I actually, forgive me everyone, he's asking me if I was going to watch Drag Race UK at the bar, and I'm not. I'm going to podcast here with everyone. <laughs> Sacrifice to the cause. Sacrificing a, a viewing. He's working on his locally. podcast. We're working on our podcast. Yeah, and it, it, it all kind of comes around. Oh, now he's making jokes about my family name. Okay, so here's a whole bunch of fun aspects. So... Yeah, so uh, maybe I can maybe I can calm and soothe and and warm your heart by saying like Sam, there's no reason we can't eventually have a friendship like that. No, now, you know, so it is like, and the thing is, is like there have been times where I've really wondered how well Justin knows me, or I know him. You know, there have been things over the past couple of months where maybe I felt like, oh wow, is, is my friend less unique than I? always think he is is he less um uh, is he is he more derivative than i have always been led to believe after all these years is and that's a struggle i don't like making those kinds of calls on people because i'd rather just let let my friend be my friend and if he's not feeling super super creatively unique for a chapter or a spell that there are times where I'm not either. And then we're showbiz people and we want to do work that has an audience. And we also want to do things that are um, creatively meaningful. And then there's like, you know, sometimes I think we're better friends when we are working on things together. Cause you know, when I'm camping at his house, sometimes uh, we don't have the same domestic habits. So I, I, yeah, we don't make good roommates anymore. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> now that's a real thing, and this has been. I thought that we made you. fairly good roommates. You and I, Sam. Yeah. Well, you deal yeah. with my slovenliness, so that's good. Ah, uh, well, you know what? I don't mind a certain amount of slovenliness when there's cuddles. That's just yes. the thing. Of, and puzzles. Of, well, the things. Yes, cuddles and puzzles and good old drunken times. Mm -hmm. So, like, I mean, those are the dynamics of relationships, really. We're talking about this is a friendship. It's a relationship. It's an interpersonal journey that's been going on for a decade and a half. Person I love with all my heart. Justin is a person who at this moment in time will be the person to bury me if anything should happen terminally to me. Really? Is he your emergency contact? <laughs> He is because really? my family is not my family is not capable. They don't you're know like, me that you're, well. You're in the I'm just don't know like me you're as in well the hospital. You're in the hospital. You've just been hit by a truck. And <laughs> Justin like comes running in like that scene in Priscilla Queen of the Desert with like a chandelier on his head. <laughs> or Sally Fields or or every time someone's in the hospital and the Golden Girls or like Blanche, a hysterical mm -hmm. mess. But um, we won't manifest that that version because I don't really want to be hit by a truck. But yes, if something came up and I was in the hospital and I had to make end-of-life decisions, 
Justin would be that person. We are bosom buddies. We are a kind of friend, sibling, family. But the creative thing is really a, um, for me, at least at, at this moment, while we're talking, like the lifeblood of the relationship. Because it means we get to like show ourselves and where we're at. And there's a way of being radically honest about it. So it's really... Um, How do you uh, deal with creative differences? Well, we try to work it out, and then I kind of know where his his um where he stands, like where his brain is, and where his passions and his ideas are. You know, like right now, it's like I told a couple of friends, it's like I love playing solo things, but I do not currently have the ambition in my life to be a solo um, musician. And maybe I think that mildly broke a couple of hearts among my closer group of friends. Doesn't mean it won't happen. That's not what I want right now. Right now, I'm really excited about taking a journey into being a sound healer. But Justin, as a, as a showbiz person, he's used to people asking him questions and him answering. And so sometimes us folks in showbiz put a little too heavy a weight on people asking us instead of us asking making the first move so there's elements like that it doesn't mean we aren't doing well but we're like when there's a wrong combination of like oh we haven't done anything creative in a while or or oh uh it's just been a lot with one person or oh you might be upset about something and you're not telling me or oh maybe we need to take a break on drinking you know Mm -hmm. those are all things that like sometimes the older you get it's easier to just like this is bullshit there's no reason that we can't bring something important up to like help our relationship be stronger and more clear but there's also like with your family it's like oh my gosh if i say this thing is are they going to keep on reacting the same way they tend to and is this going to be the right time and then we fuss and then we hold things back so we're talking about family and and interpersonal collaboration and Creativity is a very complicated relationship, and I very recently kind of have like let go of some of my crankiness about it. TBH. Mm. So I think what kind of have, what kind of crankiness, if I may ask? Yeah, well, it's mostly just about um, communication, right? Because communication is just so important, and sometimes, sometimes when you get known or you get famous, or you're already as someone who tends to not want to bring up things. They say when you get famous or you get um, well-known, you don't become a different person. It's just any aspect of your personality can be amplified. Yeah. And so if Justin doesn't want to communicate with me, it's like there's there are just chapters where it's like, well, I can't be the one bringing it up all the time. That's an imbalance in the in the verbal in the verbal uh, communication department. Interesting. Here's There's other times that. where, well, but I mean, I want to be, I want to be real and say there are other times where like, it's just going to be my role. It will be my role. And the closer it is for a professional issue, the closer it is, especially as an assistant, you know, like you have Sharon, you have Sharon drunk as a skunk making like searing comments like, oh yeah, well, you should be glad, Jeremy still enjoys playing second fiddle. I mean, she's that kind of bitch. But me and Sharon are getting along, yeah, me and Sharon are getting along on this tour. She's just 
a full-blown alcoholic who will will say will say things to get a rise out of people. Jesus. <laughs> it's the tea. You want the tea? It's Scorpio season now. I it's don't Scorpio have time. season. It's Scorpio season and I do, do not. Do you find have time okay, so you have I'm sure like you know we met at or yeah. oh shit, I shouldn't say that. Sorry. I'll say that again. We met at uh we met uh, at <laughs> a, a, a pagan festival we held in at, the woods. Uh, we met at queer camp. I have this problem a lot where I, you know, my best, some of my best friends live in New York. Some of my best friends live in L.A. Some of my best friends live in New Orleans. And I never get to see them or I don't get to see them very often, which makes me really sad. How do you deal with that aspect of your life about oh, traveling yeah, and not necessarily real... get you know the people that you really care about yeah well that's a real and present scenario i'm dealing with because i'm currently nomadic and so that means like anyone who will offer their home or a certain seasonal cohabitation i haven't really lived more than nine months anywhere since 2017 i would Mm. say 2017 is proper but I go back then it's all been like anywhere between like two to nine months I was in Seattle for nine-ish months it was like August Mm -hmm. to April or September to April really and then I was um in Sanford no I was in San Francisco basically for a year but it was two different places so when when you're talking about the big scheme of things things start to build up and then I go I go because I'm not making enough money working where I am, or um, uh, sometimes the sublets fall through. It's just the it's just the ups and downs of um, subletting. So I guess I've been pretty se- semi nomadic since since Pittsburgh, since my full year in Pittsburgh. And so like I have people I love all over, but uh, oftentimes it's like that's why the 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 great personal and soul challenge to me is like. If things go wrong in my longer relationships, I really they get first priority because like there's there's shared it's not like a cold logistical logical part of me, but it is the part of me that's like I have so much history wrapped up with this person and I've committed I've committed to seeing through this person's uh, life journey together to have to be a truthful perspective as much as I can be. It really is kind of like a neut- very neutral, but very powerful spiritual thing. Are, you're talking about, are you talking about Justin? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about like the really long relationships that I have. They aren't all, they aren't all, most of them are not boiling hot, but I can call these people and I can have a real conversation about them. And it's, it's not touch and go. Like my first boyfriend, Jeremy Gender, my friend Michelle um, Weisgerber Tibble in Chicago. I've known her since she was seven, but we've been friends since we were uh, 13, 14 years old. And we're so really close So when you talk about like, so like those are people, you just like, mean you know, the people that are most important to you. Well, yeah. And I mean, I'm very, I mean, I'm very honest about that. I think it's a mutual. It's a mutual thing. My thing about relationships is I generally go for egalitarian. If I think I'm doing too much work, 
because I saw it in my parents. I saw my mom doing a lot of emotional laboring while my father was doing a lot of physical laboring and they didn't consider it the same so they got into a lot of arguments and I think like for me the people who are closest to me in my life we have this thing where we are deeply involved in each other's lives and then we're not and no one fusses about it because we try to be intuitive to know when a um Truth in the light moment has happened. Truth in the light is not just about Justin now that I think of it. It's about all of my big relationships where it's like we aren't jiving right now. And I don't know mm -hmm. whether, this, whether this is the end in this lifetime or whether we're just going to we're just going to go fallow, you know, like a field, like in the That's winter. That's such a time. sad thought, though, like for me. OK, so to open open up a little bit more on this podcast, I actually I suffer from anxiety. And a yeah. lot of my anxiety comes from feeling um, alone. And I yeah. remember I was walking to the grocery store last night and I had been trying to make plans with some friends and I wasn't just not, it wasn't, I wasn't getting a particularly good response. You know, people were just not interested in, in, in yeah. hanging out, which in a rational sense, like, okay, they're probably busy or they probably already have plans or something. But when you're feeling sensitive, it can sometimes feel like, oh my God, like I'm all alone. You know, these people yeah. don't care about me in the same way that I care about them. They're not as invested in me being part of their, it's a very, it's a very Carrie and Mr. Big sort of situation, a la sex in the city. It's, it's hard. It's hard to yeah. have that kind of perspective of like, you know what? And this is something that has been a constant struggle for me, really. It's great advice to give someone, but it's often hard to swallow where it's people come in and out of your life and sometimes yeah. they re-enter and leave and it's a push and pull. And that's just the natural progression of, of life. Cer yeah, of a certain, a certain percentage of our relationships yeah. in, this, in this or any other lifetime, right? So you know, you know, you know Howard, so many of course. Different kind of interpersonal relationships. Yeah, my yeah. my so very good friend um, Howard, who he makes beautiful masks Howard on Instagram, Morphe Henri. If you're if anyone's interested, but we um, had a very turbulent friendship for a very long time, and uh, I think we, even though he lives in New York and I live in Kentucky right now, it's it's probably stronger than it's ever been. But for a while, it was it was very turbulent, and mm -hmm. I think that if I had just accepted the fact that you know we're maybe we're not talking as much right now or we're not as close in this particular space and time as yeah. we were a year ago but things might change it would have been easier i i think it's just going with the flow is is very important with relationships and not putting too much pressure on on people to be your one and only yeah yeah so and that's the Which thing I am, too i'm really glad that we've connected so much and like we met I don't know, like seven or eight months ago. And, you know, this is like a, like a wonderful new relationship that I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying and it might not always be like this though, but hopefully that won't happen. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's the thing about anxiety, Sam. And that's the thing about anxiety in our relationships. It's a plasmic distortion, but whereby people's intentions are skewed by us already putting a filter in a lens on it you know what i mean same thing about depression these mental health concerns and mental health challenges which we all which almost all of us if not all of us will have to a certain degree 
whether or not it's it's chronic or whether or not it's it's something that needs to be balanced out in any by any sort of means or with any sort of healing that's another show but with relationships these things flare up right and so like it is it is a thing for me where like when I start to feel like I'm getting close to someone, um, there's a scenario and it's going to take a bend, right? There's an intersection or something. And we both, we both have a variation of this anxiety and sometimes depression that comes from knowing that like we may sense or we may feel really able and ready at, at certain moments to be great givers, to like have a lot to give and not yes. be concerned, to give, to be the the more uh, dynamic giver uh, for time. But if that doesn't jive with the other folks, if that's not what they need or they're not interested in, then that's as far as it goes. And then when the, if the timing is off, like the magic of so much of life that I forget about, but when I don't, it really brings me a lot more centeredness and peace is timing. Timing is something that we can create or, you know, in a kind of Zen way, we can allow time and space to to bring people together and with patience and perseverance and some courage. Or we just kind of turn the turn the turn our side of the stove off. And if someone wants to make the next move, it's on them. You know, I also think that people relationships are strengthened by i this is a very strange way to put it but their utility their emotional utility in a lot of aspects uh, in terms of timing a lot of people mm -hmm. their relationships will be strengthened because like you really need that person at this point in your life or they really yeah. need you and that yeah. that's that strengthens it because that person uh is a is a, a a functioning necessity in your life at that point and when that yeah. wanes because it will inevitably wane eventually maybe you it will you it'll feel less intense but that doesn't mm -hmm. make it any less important yes yeah. yeah so sam you've tapped into something about that wherein the long relationships again they go through their ebbs and flows and i mean i felt that way about the people who I've been closest to, it's like, like I said, it's like sometimes I feel like in certain relationships, it has to be about um, creative dynamic or we're kind of bored with each other or um, it, or it needs to be about like an emotional radical honesty and about uh, having a safe interpersonal space to um just be really honest about where folks are at and hold space for people and be a really good listener. And these are roles. And I it's just kind of magically strange how kind of neutral I feel about it, which is a, generally a very healthy sign for me that like, you know, I'm not fussing or I'm not engaging in anxiety thought forms or depressive or uh, self-sabotage scenarios right about friends right and about my relationships now there are other relationships where like i know i'd have to do a, a lot of the uh hitting and then i also seem to know a lot of uh, a larger proportion of younger people because between my work and and the the kinds of people who connect with me right now there's a little bit so it's a little bit more toward not radically young but like 
people in their late 20s, early 30s. And, you know, they're, they're still finding balance in what we need, but doing it in a sincere way. And that's what the timing is about, like going and being an unpredictably social as well as knowing when we need self-care time is a way that we keep our relationships healthy on our part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now I've been quite honestly, haven't been socializing much at all. I've just been head in deep to my leather work and I, I, I could have anxiety about this. This is advice that I would give to anyone that's going through like maybe uh, a dry spell in terms of socializing. As long as you are doing something productive, if you're working on your craft or you're making art or you're making money or you're just doing something that's enriching and is going to uh, build you up, then it's okay to have those dry spells. They'll return. It's an ebb and a flow. So like right now, I've just been pretty much staying at home a lot, working on my leather work to build up that aspect of my, my life. Hopefully in a couple of months, my social life will uh, receive a much necessary injection of life. But right now, it's just like it's a different thing. And that's so there you go. I'm not going to cry. I swear. I'm not that lonely. Oh, no, <laughs> no, but seriously, it's OK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. it is. No, okay. I mean, it's 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 good. It's yeah. that's just how it is. And. Uh, like my friend Howard before too, like I mentioned him earlier, he does these beautiful masks and he's certainly gone through this period as well where he's like, he wants to make a certain amount of masks to uh, present at Mardi Gras for the mask uh, market uh, when that comes around in February. So he's been concentrating on that I, rather than artists, out a lot. Fine. Artists, crafts, people, like if you are really built, if you are built that way to a significant extent, then we are people of solitary work and we like yeah. it. I just found that I, the little bit of mending that I do for Alaska's costumes has been very therapeutic. The way I, when I have a good attitude about like steaming, hand steaming dresses that are wrinkly, I'm very lucky at the Halloween tour, I don't have any. But usually for Chris, you know, holiday shows uh, or other things where she has nice garb. Um, there's steaming involved. So these are things that are... Thankfully, most of what you have to steam is just a black bra. And I don't have to steam black, the black Some black panties and uh, oh some thigh-high boots, right? <laughs> I do not have to steam the thigh-high boots, Sam. Um, <laughs> That's what but, she usually wears. <laughs> but here's, here's, an, here's an interesting kind of roundabout being that I... That I'm in Britain and all of that, and roundabout. You're like, in Britain, almost. Um, so I did a tarot reading, and I was like, okay, so what's going on here? And I was, I knew, you know, I, I was planning on doing the podcast, but I was just like, but where am I at? What did I get? So I do present, past, and future, and I think the tarot reading might actually be about our episode because Later. what I got. What I got for present was the hermit, and the hermit is about staying in and t t and just what we talked about that like part of friendships is knowing how to give people space, <laughs> so giving yourself space from them, but you know communicating that yeah I need to be a hermit right now or like I'm I might actually need to um, get a holiday sublet somewhere so that I have my own space and I'm not you know 
Like just plan for that. But then um, there's, I got for the past, the fool. And so like the fool to me is like my passionate childlike side. And it's the side that makes friends easily. You know how like when we don't try so hard, things come to us. And that's really what I think the tarot is. And we're talking about relationships. But think about how many, like what percentage of relationships we have where we had to make the first move. And then the percentage of times that people kind of come up to us and they're curious about us and they're, um, or they're struck or, or, or you bump into someone, you know, or, and it's a friend of a friend. So the future one was the two of cups, which is even ro- ro- romantic, but deep relationships. So I guess the tarot does not lie when you do it with your heart. The tarot does not lie. The tarot does not lie when you do it with your heart. So this is really cool. I just thought that would be fun. Oh, this is it's just a fairly interesting, not a side note. It's kind of like a confirmation that I feel like we can really help people and we're on to something about like continuing to interweave the different things from previous podcasts and mm-hmm. sprinkle the, that knowledge with something that we didn't really give a lot of time to. So so like relationships are so deeply important to me, but I think sometimes we tend to have or even privilege certain kinds of relationships over the other. So maybe we can talk about how to create a circle, you know, like a pie and different slices and proportions of 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 uh Real, different kinds of relationships benefit different kinds of people. Yeah. And we're going to talk about making pie after a short musical interlude. Thanks, Sam. We'll be back in a moment. The things I know, things inside of me, there is something wrong, something inside of me. There's that place I know where I can be. There's a place I know it's inside of me. That's the place I know. And we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Thank you for listening to the wonderful tracks that I am supplying Sam. Um, if you have any questions about my music, please let me know. We will put our socials and other vitals at the end of this podcast. So, Sam, sure we were saying that. Hmm, thanks, Sam. Oh, we're speaking in tongues. So, we were saying before the break that relationships are like pie. You know, sometimes <laughs> yep. there's many elements to create the right pie. What kind of us. pie is your relationship? What kind of pie is our relationship? Oh, you want to talk about our relationship pie? Well, I think it's, I think it's, um, it's not overly involved, so it's not large. Um, it's not a large pie. Um, I think it's a good balance of of buttery and flaky. We don't give each other a hard time for the most part, and we try to be light and lively. Um, I is think it, it's very fruity. Uh, banana cream pie? Um, sure, Sam. Do you like do you, do you like our frothiness? But we have something smooth and oh no no, no 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 no! Um, it's a lemon meringue. 
lemon meringue pie. We have frothiness, but we also have a good queer tartness about us. We have oh, and we, some, but we also have lots of egg whites to, to tie us together. Yes. And we do, we do have to bake pretty high, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I think that you're baking That's pretty high right now. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Moving uh, right along. <laughs> you know, and no, also, my pie needs to be gluten-free. Your pie has to be gluten-free. That's true. Yeah. Gluten allergy. But, but anyway, I, but I can't getting have back butter. to what you're actually talking about, you mean like... Uh, has we got to know our, our proportional balance of the kinds of relationships where we are at our best. I have generally grown a lot with people wherein um, I might think of them romantically at first, but if we both are patient enough to say we aren't attracted to each other like erotically or physically, but there is something about that person that I really need to keep on uh, finding out about. My curiosity is deep and it's um, a well of, of uh, question marks and I'm going to dip my bucket into the well of question marks and we just keep on seeing what happens. That's a lot of the, the a lot of relationships that have lasted that long. I mean, uh, some of my lovers turned into longtime friends and sometimes your friends will like open it up and make it sexy for a little while to see if it, that's where it wants to go and it doesn't and it doesn't feel right in the erotic or physical aspect. Um, I, I say I've had great amazing short-term relationships, which are very intense love affairs, like bound by travel. <laughs> I had to go somewhere. They had to go somewhere. We both met. Um, I, I visit, I, in my mid-20s, I used to visit lovers. And then maybe there's something coming back of that now because I think it's a great trial run, especially when I'm a guest in someone else's house. It is nice, too. It's very, like, romantic. To like I'm, be, I'm a be spirited away. Yeah. Yeah. I love I but I think you can be romantic like with your friends. You yes, can be you romantic can. with you can, like romance is, is that sense of elevated passion. Right? But the passion isn't always erotic and physical. Now it is Scorpio season, and so I think that the that talking about sexuality and relationships is a way of kind of like getting around the usual categories because this is a fairly queer podcast and if you want to get married fine if you want a domestic partnership fine if you're polyamorous cute you know i don't have judgments about those things because it's just the combination of the things that people need in their relationships however so, i want to say as i said before that we need to de hierarch uh de Deconstruct the hierarchy of what relationships are more valid or more legitimate, especially when it comes to like over accentuating that just because you have an erotic or a physical relationship, like that's what keeps people together. You can ask any uh, any healthy old long-standing relationship, um, a marriage or whatever. And they usually don't say the sex. Sometimes they say the sex is part of it, but it's never like the first thing. It's like in an interview, it's like, well, tell, tell me about what has really kept your relationship alive for 40 years. And they immediately go, sex. You know? Yeah. So with that being said, this might be a controversial subject, but 
what is your opinion on fucking your friends? <laughs> what is my because opinion? I have, I'm Polly, and have I have careful. a lot of people <laughs> that I have a sexual relationship with and a friendship with. And I think that's great. So there. But I can I understand do. that it can also but confuse I feel, things sometimes. Yeah, like I have friends who I have really deep romantic feelings for because I just feel like there's such a, like there's such a deep and, and, and sophisticated and, and brilliant soul. But like, I'm also learning to be patient because patience and like getting to a place that I want to get in a relationship is this weird kind of masculinist thing. It's like, I really want to get here. I really want to kiss you. I really want to cuddle with you. But if you have to try me out, that's fair because there are pe plenty of people who's like, oh, I have to try out our energy blend. <laughs> we have to see how we blend energetically, you know, because again, like between the sex and the romance and the, the settings at which a relationship can flourish, those are different things and they may all feed into one another. But I, I mean, I do. I have friends that I have sex with and that makes me happy because like I don't have to fuss over whether this I don't have to fuss over the sex. If people are feeling sexy, we just say, hey, you feeling sexy and someone yeah. can say yes or no. And, not and I'm the type personally. of person I never, ever. I mean, I used to, but I never have hookups like I'll never just have like a one night stand. I don't know. I just like sex. with you're people not that I one night. You're not built for one night stands you're saying no there's too much effort first of all you got to find the person you don't know how big their dick's gonna be and, oh my gosh well you know hello um and the tea yeah it's just it's just better to, it's the tea it's just i just prefer you know having sex with people that like uh, i have sex with already <laughs> sure when the audition yeah. goes well and you find that you can have good sex with someone Right, yeah, that's, I'm a, that's a little bit of a, that's a thing of in relationships. Like when sex becomes a again, it becomes a quality control. Like, but it's also because of the the power and dynamism and volatility and magic and beauty of and, of the sexual dynamic. It is it it is to some people and it is in some relationships the litmus test of how healthy a relationship it is. But it's not the center. It's not the centerpiece, but it is an act. It is an act of where are you at that level of yourself? Yeah. We actually talked a little bit about sort of that topic last episode where about um, the Velvet Rage and how a lot of people need a lot of different uh, versions of validations, particularly in the queer community. I do think that... Yeah having the uh, a quantity of sexual partners and hooking up well, and nothing wrong with any of those things if that's your unless gig. you have but a, yeah there's nothing wrong if you're with doing it. it because you're just trying to prove to yourself that you're sexy that's pretty unhealthy and i it did that in my to, early 20s yeah, and now it it's just like yeah yeah difficulties yeah it does yeah, yeah. So it. in a nutshell important to have a good idea of your sexual identity before you um get too crazy yeah or not i don't know i don't want to tell you what to do no no and this is really this is what's fun because i think this is the conversation we're having between one another and kind of spreading our web out between the people we know and the connections we have and i and i think 
that truthfulness um, is absolutely important to me uh, personally. It's high on my list of virtues. It's a sign of integrity, and it's also it just it's important in relationships, you know. So so like we were saying before, in a way, like this is how we are developing our relationship. It's this kind of fun, um, ongoing, regular, the things that we kind of need for each other right now, right? Like whether it's emotional um, support and utility, like, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to be emotionally available and open towards people. It's something I'm very proud to be for people who get mm -hmm. to know me. Jeremy you know. is great about that. And when I met Jeremy and I was like telling my friends who knew Jeremy already, oh, I met this really, like I met Jeremy and he's really cool. They're like, oh, he's great. He's really good at dealing with Pisces. <laughs> that was the way I was introduced to you. Mm, it's true though. It's the true. Jeremy, and the Pisces whisperer. I, I guess so. I guess so. My little sister, Rachel, was a Pisces um, Aries cusp. And let it be plainly known that I am uh, a deep, deeply skeptical and cynical about most layers of astrology at this point in my life, which is kind of a crazy, raucous, jarring, radical um, position. But I believe in the archetypes. I believe in the archetypes. And yes. um, I believe that there, there can be some usefulness and exploring my archetype as a Scorpio rising since we're just um, a few days into Scorpio right now. And it is um, an archetype about sensing where other people are at, um, being able to get down to the heart uh, and the fundamentals of an issue, speaking truth bluntly at times, um, and being aware of the dynamics and the flows and the sort of emotional energies uh, interpersonally. Because I think each, like if each sign kind of has a system, the, it goes personal, interpersonal, and collective. So, I mean, both we're in the season where people start to think about what they have and who they have. And, and those of us who know best know, to, know that gratitude is the way to work into the wintertime. So our relationships can be such a deep source of gratitude. It, I know it is for me, you know, but also like cherishing them, giving them space, all of these things that we've been talking about. It's the challenge and the, the magic of wanting to take the time in this, in, the, in this state of the world we're in, where people, especially the younger generation, just for better and for worse, they drop people as soon as it's either not it's convenient. It's really unfortunate. I know how yeah. I know what you're talking about. And uh, well, it's the, it's just part, this, this the social media. Off. I talked about this when I also, I'm, when I lived in New York city where there's just so many people and there's so much access yeah. that people aren't left accountable for how they treat other people because they yeah. start to feel so disposable and I, I do think that's a very yeah. bad way of living your life. And it's a very poor starting point to developing long-lasting relationships where you can really help your friends and nourish your relationships with other people. So I agree with you. I think that's yeah. really unfortunate. Yeah. And I hope that that's a phase that we're going through in society and not something that we're just going to lean into more and more. I will sure. say this, though, too. Um, I think that 
one of the most important things in maintaining a healthy relationship with other people is recognizing and nurturing your own autonomy as well. Oh, yeah. I hope you said right. that you working on yourself. Codependency. Yeah. Working on yourself and making sure that you're the best version of yourself, then you have more to give to your friends. If you're giving everything to everyone else all the time, you're left nothing to sort of build your own self up. I've definitely been there before. Yeah. I'm sure you have as oh, well. Where you're just oh, giving yeah. so much that you're like, I have nothing, like I have no stepping stones or no foundation to make myself like the best and premium. So Yeah, right. And that's when other people start... Knowing um, if you're being manipulated in relationships, right? From the subtle stuff to the, to the really complicated family things or long-term uh, uh, things. Those, that's very real. And, you know, some of us are more diplomatic and some of us don't put up with that shit. And we each have our different stereo settings for the things we do not take shit about or the things we take too much shit upon ourselves for so that's why i like the mirror of others or the mirror of seeing ourselves and others you know that kind of mystical mind way where the sort of the sort of unity the unity quantum unity of things is that we're all just little variations of the universal so every unique every unique soul code is is giving us um important information about who they are and who I am and who we are, right? It's a one plus one equals two. Mm-hmm. So if you had, like, what... Makes sense, Sam? Oh, yeah, God, I, I got... I, oh, my God, I thought it was, like, way going out there. But no, no it's, no, like, no, crazy relationships, or we avoid them, or um, we're too busy for them, or we feel like we have too many of them and we stretched ourselves too thin. But it goes right back to what you said You said just before I responded, that the older I get, the more I realize taking care of myself is equally as important as taking care of others. Can martyr and victim consciousness are a real problem. Absolutely. It's really great. just you're trying to live through other people yeah. when you do that. And just working on yourself but just being available when people need you is enough and that's the best way to proceed with any relationship just be available be a good friend treat people well but don't be a servant to them because one that can get really annoying Mm -hmm. really quickly and two it's just it's it's unnecessary because then it strips them of their own autonomy as well yeah so yeah yeah like, for example, like, I have to learn with Justin that, like, there's a certain stress on people who become successful when a lot of their friends aren't as successful as them. That's, yeah. that's why class And vice versa, I'm sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, a, like, you know, the classism of someone who didn't grow up with money being around a lot of people with money, it's a dynamic. Certain things happen, and we call it privilege, or we, and we call it various other things access to resources so like you know the weird studies that i sometimes kind of glance at about like how people with similar kinds of teeth and people from similar backgrounds are generally going to be with one another i kind of want to defy that but i also find that like like what you were talking about between technology 
um, super city, big city culture, and a way to create rhetoric and words that where we make excuses and we escape from hard situations, especially younger people. Like, yeah, we'll all make mistakes. That's okay. But like the forgiveness and the and the bravery and the courage to cough it up and say, yeah, I fucked it up. <laughs> right? I yeah. fucked this up. I was in my head and this was not an accurate episode that happened on my part between us. I fucked it up. I'm sorry. I realized that. You're not this. I'm sorry you feel this way bullshit. No, you don't have to be. Don't be sorry someone's feeling anyway. You either say, I understand where you're coming from and I see that I hurt you. I understand. I'm sorry that I'm pretty and everyone hates me. (laughs) Well, Sam, I don't hate you even though you're pretty, so there's that. Yeah, I agree, though. I mean, it goes back to accountability. Oh, pew, pew, pew. Previous episode, interwoven. You gotta, you know, admit your mistakes and more important than admitting your mistakes, don't fucking do it again and again and again. You know, if you don't learn from your mistakes, then what are you doing? And that's very important in maintaining any relationships. Because let me tell you, there's only so much tolerance and patience that people are going to have. And oh, going back to what we were saying before, at the ebbs and flows of relationships, people coming in and out, and we've definitely talked about this before, where maybe you are in a, in a place in your life where you are too unstable. There's just something going on. It's not everyone's responsibility necessarily to be patient in that moment but maybe when things have sort of wrapped themselves up those people might come back into your life there's different scalings of relationships too so yeah Yeah. well i i i don't want to put you too much on the spot sam but i think i made a special stride in our relationship when towards the end of our visit you um were concerned about something that i sometimes oh uh, when you yeah. when you basically called me out for auditioning you as a person in my life, mm-hmm. I and I think that was real, and we Do had we a real conversation about. Pardon? Do we want to give context to that to that that conversation? Yeah, for our will, if you're willing to give your context first, I think it's absolutely. A good I don't mind, and I think okay. So this is something that I'm sure this our listeners. This is true. This is true. This is key. This is some tea right here, you know, it's Scorpio season, here's the tea. So Jeremy is constantly surrounded by drag and drag race and everything that has to do with it because he's Alaska's assistant and he's touring. And for me, I'm in Kentucky and all, all of my friends really don't have that kind of interest. They're not interested in drag. So when Jeremy came to visit me, I was like, oh, cool. Like, we can talk about some of these things. But Jeremy, of course, was on the other side of it. It was like, oh, God, thank God I can have a break from all that stuff. So we did clash towards the end because he felt like, which I totally understand. And we had a long conversation about it. He thought that, like, I was just referencing drag race too much and it was getting on his nerves and i explained to him like you know this isn't something that i really get to express with other people and it's uh something that you're part of the world of so we had a conversation and then well i guess you can give the rest of the story now about the auditioning thing 
Sure, and then yeah. Sam, but uh, also like when you go to so when you go to a new friend's house and you're gonna stay for a week and work a lot mm-hmm. and like it be in each other's space, like you're gonna get to know like you're just gonna get to know people's intimate behaviors. Yeah, you know, so like there's a there's a whole there's a whole the way the way you keep your house, the way you the way you like to go or the often how often you you go to the bathroom or whatever but it also like seeing how people are in their space where they don't have to be anything else except themselves mm-hmm. and so i um, i agree with i agree with sam that like i can be touchy about those things sometimes it's good for me just to say i'm be- i'm touchy about that which is also a good form of communication to start off with early on but I think uh, I got to know that Sam has a good head on his shoulders because the, also the nature of my work is there's a lot of fans who want uh, who will have any kind of fantasy about closeness to my longest best friend. And I have to kind of be careful about those things. And I, I'm really aware of those things. So people think they can like pull the rug over on me. I'm a fucking Scorpio rising girl. I'm already mm-hmm. calculating what what version of what variation, and that's not always a good thing. Sometimes I probably have passed up lovely things with people because I misinterpreted their enthusiasm. But the best thing we can be is truthful. Again, you know, I think it'll break down the hierarchies between like fanship and and audiences and the people who they want to support or fans yeah. and their idols. Fanning and idols, if fanaticism and like that's a whole thing but it makes getting close to people hard um, because i i do i have to test people out to see whether their mental health and their perspective is something that i would like to have around me and because it's around me it could also be around a friend of mine who lots of people want access to i'm not generally the way to get access to my friend justin's and like Greta Garbo, like he, he's really <laughs> a, 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 a official, and it's the truth. Like he's when he's at work, he's at work. He's always gracious if you'll see him, but when he's not at work, he's not at work. That's how we have keeps mental health clarity and balance. We can't be on and at work all the time, and if and some people don't understand that. So getting back to it, it's like I think there's a subconsciously me. Realizing that Sam isn't isn't a full blown fan, but he's an admirer, I can trust that he admires things, and I need to give him space in our relationship for him to appreciate the position I'm in, so that I too have a perspective of how lovely it is to be where I am right now. As much as it can be stressful and distrustful, and people are moody and manipulative anywhere you go. So I don't need to think that there's a especially poisonous brain of that in show business that embitters me. And I have to do that by having trust and vulnerability in my relationships. So that's why I wanted to bring up that, that conversation. Because in the end, you were, you were basically, you were right. That I, it's not fair for me to audition people when the scenario is not a meet and greet. And you were talking about something that's very particular to me. Because you're smart and you're cultivated and you know how to talk to people you want to be close to or are interested in be, being close to. 
Yeah, I, that's a very good way of, of, of putting it. And Does uh, that feel accurate to you, Sam? No, it feels completely accurate. And honestly, right. I'm extremely happy that we had that conversation because... It was a hard while, one, though, at first. It was I felt like one. I was being come at. <laughs> but while while we while you were visiting, like that was on my mind. This like interesting balance of like, let's talk about things that that connect us. That you know, yeah. I'm familiar with. You're familiar with. This is part of your life, and I know these things, so I can reference certain things that you will understand. And how do I create uh, a space where Jeremy can have some respite from yeah. all of that? you know tv drag world and i could tell so, and i could tell but you know like sometimes i'm in a good place and it like things are just like yeah let's all celebrate this wonderful this wonderful experience and these wonderful things that really um bring joy to people and then there, there are times where it's not bringing joy to me so if it's bringing joy to someone and i don't I resonate we totally got it and that was yeah. the cool thing about that conversation that we had which it ended with like us just both understanding where each other is coming from more rather than any hostility and now i know better to like back off because you have or i know better to tell you where where i'm at and not and i can't always worry about whether you're going to take it personally as long as i have a respectful and neutral compassionate tone yeah and the reality too is that yeah, of course. I I knew who you were before I met you because I knew I was familiar with your album. So in that, like, it'll always sort of be part of our relationships, a relationship because that was the catalyst. But yeah. if I had met you through any other circumstance, then I, I think we'd still be just as close friends. And that's it. Aw, yeah. Sam, that's so magical. I love you, I love you Jeremy. One more, more. Thank you, Sam. See, this is the this is the goodness of the season. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we can wrap it up and say, like, there's so many places to go with things about relationships. You know, like... Communication is key. I think that's yes, the real... Yes, that's such a good place key, to go. Sam. And if you don't communicate and you just bottle things up inside... And oh, don't express be, them. And it don't be a mess for your mental health, for your physical health. Sometimes it doesn't help. You gotta have there's the courage, timing, but there's not holding back too long. You gotta have the courage to ask those hard questions in a relationship, especially if you really care about it, yep. and not about worried about the responses. Because sometimes the response isn't going to be what you want to hear. But if no, you really care you about it, deal with the. It. Got to deal with some damage sometimes. We do have to deal with some damage in our relationships. It's like anything precious. Trees get sick. We get sick. You know, you, you the the water gets stuffed up in a stream, and it gets all that. It gets all that. What is that stale? What happens when a stream doesn't run? When it gets clogged up? Stagnant. Stagnant, right? Stagnant water starts to build up all sorts of. Please welcome to the stage stagnation water oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> um but it's just like i don't know it just makes me again very grateful that even when things get tense the strings with with basically everyone right now i right now hasn't broken um and if it has and if you're listening and you and it's a shame that it that it broke well 
I guess this is oh, a man. public announcement to say, like, I can't wait to see people I love. And I can't wait to see you, Sam, in human flesh. Not only will we have wonderful cuddles, but we'll have many more episodes from, uh, from this season and the next. And I will... It's just the beginning of that season, really. In, in the autumn time and winter time, the, the health of ourselves, getting through, especially if you're in a colder place, a cold, snowy place where isolation can sometimes be thrust upon you by the weather and the climate, that we have the relationships we need to get through wherever we are. Yes, well said. And thrive, and thrive, yeah. thrive whenever possible. Mm-hmm. So. A wise friend of mine once said, everything, le- everything in life is terrible. And the time that we get to spend with people that we care about is what makes it all worth it. Oh, cynical Sam. There's a little light in there. True, but it seems pretty great to me. It's a perspective. Me. It's a perspective. And the same thing for me is like, um, I just, I just, as long as I stay joyful and curious about the people in my life, then that joy and that curiosity will, will brew and will be fulfilling and refreshing and exciting and dynamic like a great cup of herbal tea, which is what I'm going to go and do now while we let you go about your other activities. Yeah. And we bid you adieu. Bonsoir. Don't forget to follow us on our social medias. Oh, thanks, Mine Sam. Is, yes, you almost forgot. Mine I is did. Nuke Moth at Instagram. That's where you can find me. Also, check out my leather gear at ramshine.com. Also, if you want to ask us any questions that you'd like to appear on the podcast, please don't hesitate to send those questions to Jeremy or my Instagram pages. Jeremy, yes. what about you? I love people sliding into my DMs. It's really sexy. You can slide into my DMs at handsomejeremy777. That's for Instagram at handsomejeremy777. Then there's Twitter, which is also a really great way for you to ask questions. It is Orphic, O-R-P-H-I-C, Apollo, like the god, 777. And if you also have a question, my email's on the Instagram. I have Facebook. But I look forward to you reaching out and us tying together this wonderful nouveau famille, uh, this new family. And don't forget right, to check Sam. out Jeremy. Don't, ooh, don't forget to check out Jeremy's oh. solo music. Where can they find that? Oh, my that goodness, Jeremy? that too. Oh, my gosh. You can go to Handsome Jeremy bandcamp.com where my EP somewhere in between has been um, a little judged up. Also, we will be preparing for um, future music with my lovely producer and lovely friend Chad Michaels, who produces as CEEM Seam. I'm hoping Not to get some Chad more music Michaels, out. The other Chad Michaels. Yes. Uh, so music by Seam on Instagram. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been such a wonderful, cuddly, uplifting episode. We'll have to get down and skank your maybe conspiratorial for the next one. What do you say, Sam? Well, that sounds fun. I love conspiracies. Me too. Well, this is Sam signing off. And this is Jeremy saying, just go and fucking love yourself, babe. You're worth it.
Okay, see you. See you later till next time. Bye. Goodbye.